Thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool, Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades, they'll give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash fool. You just pay for shipping. It's Thursday, March 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Ron Gross from The Motley Fool's Total Income and David Kretzman from Motley Fool Hidden Gems Canada. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And um, we've got a lot of good stories we're going to talk about. I say a lot. We've got two good stories. We're going to talk. <laughs> two, two has never been defined as a lot. That's true. Okay. Well, <laughs> Until there, now. It's not even a few. There's a lot of meat here, though. We're going to talk Guess a little later. Guess is the you know high fashion apparel company, Ron. You, I don't know if I would call it Did you ever go that. through a Guess stage? The Sassoon and Jordash wow. were my... Were my uh, speed, but not, I didn't really get into it. Back okay. in the hedge fund days, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, a great day for guests in the wake of their earnings, so we'll talk some guests. But guys, we're going to begin with the story that just keeps giving, Facebook, um, and Mark Zuckerberg finally breaking his silence um, about the controversy surrounding Cambridge Analytica, the data firm that accessed information from 50 million Facebook users without their knowledge. That's the key part, right? Yep. Didn't know what was happening there. Now, on yesterday's Market Foolery, Chris and Tim talked Facebook, but that was before the Zuckerberg apology tour really cranked up, guys. So I want to talk about the interviews he did yesterday and get your reaction. He did apologize. He said Facebook made mistakes. He called the Cambridge Analytica situation, quote, a major breach of trust. He said Facebook would crack down on outside apps and bolster privacy. And he told multiple outlets that he would be willing to testify before Congress. So that that all sounds great. He said the company would notify everyone whose data was improperly used. So there's a lot there, David. What was your reaction? Probably the most surprising thing to me was his response to the question, why shouldn't you be regulated? And he was basically saying, no, actually, I think we should be regulated, something along those lines. So I thought, well, that's probably a mature response. It shows that he's not the rebellious college kid in the dorm room you know, trying to disrupt everything and break things. Uh, but, but to me, it also raises a question, you know, why do you need to wait for regulation to happen to bring more transparency to the advertising on Facebook's platform? So, in general, I thought, it was a good start for him to finally um, make a public apology, explain a little bit what's going on. I don't know why it took them several days to get to that point, but all in all, a good start, and it makes me uh, a little more confident that this is something that will uh, be that Facebook can get behind it and move ahead of this story. Yeah, I'm probably in a forgiving mood this week. Like, I'm not one. <laughs> uh, I'm not piling on Facebook and Zuckerberg. I think this is actually not a Facebook problem. It's it's a technology data privacy problem that was bound to happen, and it has been happening over the last few years with many many companies and data breaches and improperly using data. And you know, even back in 2014, Facebook took steps to to improve this. A lot of this stuff that went on happened in 2013. So it's not like Facebook has been sitting on its hands, but agreed that they need to do more. And I did think you know Zuckerberg's not an out front in front of the camera kind of guy, but I thought he was sincere. Um, and 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 I I think he he had to do that interview, and and it was appropriate. And I do think he needs to go in front of Congress if if need be for sure. 
But I think all companies are going to have to um, figure out how to protect our data better. And as as David said, this is a, a story about regulation. And is regulation necessary? Companies need to police themselves, but probably some regulation is, is going to be necessary. And then there's implications for censorship, free speech, competitive business implications, because, you know, Regulation always has a downside, um, even though sometimes it's necessary. Okay, so there's now a delete Facebook movement, um, and Zuckerberg mentioned that in some of the interviews and in saying, you know, didn't see it as a, as a big threat. You know, said that it's not good though, right? Should investors be worried? Not yet. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think this will have far-reaching implications now. Like, if there are more stories that came out that you know there are more data breaches or just cases where Facebook was just underestimating the impact of this, then maybe. But at this point, Facebook is increasingly a global story. So even if you're seeing engagement level off or drop a bit, uh, probably I would expect primarily in the US, I don't think First of all, I don't think that's going to happen. But even if it did, I don't think it's something that will be anything more than a short-term impact because the the network effect here is just so sticky. If you're already on Facebook, that's the way you often will connect with family, friends, share photos, just stay connected with your group. Uh, and, and even if you delete Facebook today, I wouldn't be surprised if six months or a year from now, if there's not a better alternative that pops up, uh, you you end up going back to Facebook as, so it, as it is. Let's talk about that though, David, because one of the stories we hear is this research showing. That that younger people aren't as big on Facebook anymore. Younger people leaving Facebook. As our resident younger person, sorry, Ron, <laughs> uh, but as our resident millennial, what do you think about that? If younger people leave Facebook, where do they go? Well, at this point, I think most, at least in the U.S., that you're primarily going to Instagram and or Snapchat. Uh, it really just depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying to message friends, Snapchat is probably the go-to platform. But if you're trying to have a broad reach, sharing pictures and videos, you you go to Instagram. I don't think there's any doubt about Which that. Which is owned by Facebook. Right. So you're leaving Facebook and you're going to Facebook. Pretty much, yeah. So, so I think, I mean, that that narrative has been uh, played out for probably almost five years now that young people are leaving Facebook, and to an extent, it's true. They might be taking a longer time to start accounts, but I think as young people get older and they want to connect with parents and grandparents and the rest of their friends as they're getting older and starting to have families, you're probably going to open up a Facebook account at some point. And in the meantime, yeah, you're probably going to have Instagram and possibly Snapchat. It's not necessarily, you know, a zero sum game here. So that that narrative is not new uh, and and even with uh, you know, people bring that up again and again. It hasn't really dented Facebook's results at all. Yeah, from an investor perspective, I, I'm not concerned about this business model. In, in, in fact, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this continues to evolve, um, and I, I think they'll continue to produce gobs of, of free cash flow um, as a result. I think it's mostly from an investor perspective. It's about management and communication. And if you see the company not handling this well and not communicating this well, then the market's going to turn sour on them and could stay sour for. Long periods of time, even if you're a long-term investor. So, you know, this is where Zuckerberg needs to step up, make changes if necessary, communicate when necessary. We've seen lots of data breach companies just not do a good job and really pay the price from a stock perspective. So that's what I'm going to keep an eye on. And David, what's one thing you're watching going forward here? For me, the the biggest question marks are. Probably regulation, both here in the U.S. and how Facebook can respond to that, or ideally get in front of that, but also the implications for Facebook's global growth. Will more countries just go the route like like China did of basically saying you can't operate here? If uh, if more governments and countries 
basically decide, you know, we probably have more to lose than to gain by allowing Facebook to operate here. Let's support a homegrown social network instead. Uh, that could really uh, limit Facebook's growth opportunities. But what I would really like to see from Facebook, and this was something that Zuckerberg mentioned in the CNN interview, basically saying that advertising on TV platforms has a lot more transparency. You know who's buying the ads, and you can get all of that info. And he was saying, we probably need regulation on Facebook to have more transparency to see who's paying for ads and basically what's behind uh, the, the ads that you're seeing on Facebook. I don't know why you need to wait for regulations to start moving that direction. I think with any ad on Facebook, you should be able to click and see who who you know how you got targeted uh, that particular ad, who paid for it. Uh, I'd just like to see them move that direction, even if regulation you know takes a while to get there. And I'm looking forward to see if I'm one of the 50 million whose uh, data was breached, because <laughs> so, then out there, someone will know my birthday and that I like pizza, and that could be devastating. That Absolutely. could be devastating. Oh my gosh! I just it just it makes me shudder what they're going to think of me. <laughs> yeah. It's like this guy talks about Costco a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, well, we will keep an eye on it. Um, guys, I, um, before we talk about guests, I want to say thanks to Harry's for supporting Marketful. Harry's gives you such a close shave. The razor, the blades, the aftershave lotion. It's I don't genius. know where to start. It is a great shave at a fair price. And Harry strips out all the unnecessary features. Ron, you don't need the vibrating handle. You really don't. You don't need the I didn't the even know that was a thing, but I strips. definitely do not you need it. You don't need it. Harry's also strips out the unnecessary cost to deliver customers one perfect razor at an amazing price. And because Harry's owns the factory, they're able to deliver amazing quality blades for just $2 a blade. That compares to the more than $4 you'll pay at the drugstore. And all Harry's products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades, they'll give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash fool. That's free. That's a pretty good deal, huh? Can't beat that at all. And you just pay for the shipping. So you can claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. The trimmer blade is so solid. Nice. Oh, it's so great. The rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, you get it all. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash fool right now. That's harrys.com slash fool. And guys, for a second story, I want to talk shares. I want to talk guests. Shares of the apparel retail juggernaut. At least well. for today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, at least for today. Shares of gas up 25% on better than expected earnings. Ron, apparently there are places besides Costco that sell apparel. <laughs> I think there are. <laughs> that's wow. News. Well, you know what? That place happens to be overseas in this particular case because that's where really guess is getting it done. And over the years, it has become an overseas story. Um, sales growth in Asia and Europe this quarter, 40%. Um, for guests, which is really impressive. And, and I mean, the stock being up, I don't know, 20, 25% on that news, there must have been some pretty low expectations built in because that's a big move. Uh, sales in the Americas do continue to be weak, and that's been an ongoing struggle for them. I think uh, down about 6%. Um, and th- I think they're going to continue to struggle, but they're, they're committed to um, still throwing capital um, overseas. They think they'll grow sales double digits, they'll expand margins there. Uh, guidance going forward was really strong. Uh, they'll probably do about $0.80 cents, um, per share in the coming 
um, year. They've actually returned a ton of of cash to stockholders in the form of stock buybacks, just uh, two million shares alone in the latest quarter, plus dividends. I want to say the the dividends a six percent yield, I think, on this on this bad boy, um, which is that's a big number. And the stock is now up 70% on the year. So this sleepy little retail apparel company, who really had been struggling for a while, has, has turned the corner. But when you pull back and you look at the stock chart, Ron, it's been incredibly volatile, right? So, a great last year, as you just mentioned, but they've really lost big to the market over the last five years. And if you've held the stock for the last five years, you've lost money. So, this stock has been all over the place. All over the place. And and even at this point, with these great numbers we're talking about, I'm not sure I'm a buyer. Um, Based on forward earnings guidance, I want to say 22 times earnings, probably, for a company um, that I think will continue to struggle in the Americas and will probably come up in a couple years on slowing growth overseas as well. Um, it's not expensive, but it's, it's probably not a stock that, that I would care to own. Yeah, and what, what stuck out to me, uh, what, the, the weakness in the Americas is something that we're seeing with a lot of apparel companies, but to me, the, the fact that their retail sales were down, even when you include their e-commerce operations, that that just doesn't seem very, uh, very good. So, this just doesn't strike me as a best in breed apparel company. I think there are a lot <laughs> better options trading at similar or possibly even better valuations, just considering you know overall strength of the the business and prospects for the business. But yeah, they're not going to disappear or anything like that. They have a healthy balance sheet, over three hundred million dollars in cash. Free cash flow is now positive again, but. Yeah, it's just been a rough journey. Something that did stick out to me as well is that the co-founder is still with the company. He's heading it up as CEO, and I think he owns something like 15 or 16 percent of the company. So, you have a founder with a lot of skin in the game, healthy balance sheet, looks like some strong international growth. So, there are reasons to think maybe you know their worst days are behind them, but still not a story that really appeals to me. So, I I was. I thought the co-founder, uh, after the Kate Upton accusations, had relinquished his duties. Is, is that? I think maybe. Are you speaking about the other co-founder? One I, of the well, I, co-founder. I, that means there's more than one, right? Right. So. I, I, right. So I think Paul Marciano has has been forced to kind of step away. Um, gotcha. I don't know if this necessarily will impact the company from an investing perspective in, in the longer term, um, but certainly there's kind of like a, a little pall that hangs over. Uh, yes, I'm seeing that he's on a leave of absence there you now. Go. So ah. Okay, Scandalous. Well, normally, to wrap up the show, I would ask you my famous desert island arbitrary question, guess versus Facebook over the next five years. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it fair to say yeah. we're all Facebook? Yes. Yeah, I think okay, so. so I'm not going to ask you that. But in the spirit of guess, I am going to ask you, looking back over your life, for your most questionable fashion decision. Something that, when you wore it, you thought, wow, I'm really rocking this. And you look back and you're like, that was probably a mistake. I'm going to give you time to think about it. I'm going to tell you, when I was in elementary school, I owned green tough skins. <laughs> and I had a long sleeve green silk shirt with a scene from the Amazon. And I tucked it in and I had a big Coca-Cola belt buckle. And I thought, man, wow. I was on fire. <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm just not sure I was all that. Not so. quite there. Gotcha. Uh, I'm sad to say there's so many I could choose from that we could almost do a whole other segment on my fashion faux pas. I'm going to go with 
um, a really what I thought was a sweet long sleeve black shirt with zippers all over the zippers. place. Zippers. Wow. I thought it was so cool. I want to say it was purchased from like Merry-Go-Round. If you're from <laughs> if you're from Jersey or New York, you might might know about Merry-Go-Round. And I was so happy about it. And I walked into school, and everyone started calling me Michael Jackson. And wow. I was like, Wow! I think maybe I I missed King the boat here. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, not, worth not a shot. Good. David? I didn't know if it counts as fashion, but hairstyle, can we, can we throw that yes, into the yes. fashion category? Uh, when I was a teenager in high school, two separate occasions, I bleached my hair by myself with hydrogen peroxide. Oh, my Ooh, gosh. I was going through the rebellious M&M stage. You know, like, oh, why not? I'll be some, you know, bring up some shady here. And so, were you pleased with the look? I, hey, I, I rocked it twice. So, obviously, uh, wow. there, there was something, you know, some of the gears in my head thought it was a good idea, but a uh, little sun regrettable. In. I did sun uh, and turned my hair orange once, <laughs> one summer. I need someone, I had friends do this in the early 2000s, but I need someone who basically will do a fashion intervention, because I didn't get the memo when pleated pants went out. Oh, you yeah. remember pleated khakis? Sure, of course. And they went out, I think, in the 90s, and I wore them like into the 2000s. So I wore them like 10 years too long, along with a braided belt. Do you remember the leather oh, braided God, belt? Oh, God, yes. The and finally, is, yeah. finally, I had a few friends, and it was like an intervention. And they're like, you got to quit wearing the pleated pants. That's great. You still wear acid wash jeans, too? Although oh, I think I those are I coming do. back, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's rocking them. I, I've got them those on right now. Stone, they're stonewashed, not right, acid. Not acid. <laughs> come on. Come on. Please. Show some respect. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks Matt. Matt. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Moore. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.